Filmmakers make films, but films make filmmakers. From blockbuster premieres to grindhouse theaters, late night cable to the local video store, there is no greater classroom for aspiring filmmakers than cinema itself. Join your host, Eric Skorzynski, as he dives deep into the minds of legendary directors, producers, actors, and more to discover their biggest influences and to explore the impact their films are leaving behind. This is Film School. Grab your popcorn. Class is about to begin. Hey, welcome back to the Film School podcast. Today's episode is with the one and only Elliot Rocket. Elliot is a cinematographer who has worked on some incredible projects, including Ty West's recent film X and the prequel film Pearl, which we talk quite a bit about in the second half of this episode. In addition to that, he's worked on several different projects, including Crocodile with Toby Hooper, CSI, The Innkeepers, House of the Devil... Perry Mason, Mr. Mercedes, and so much more. We go in-depth about some of the incredible, unique lenses that he used when crafting X. We talk about some of his biggest influences working on music videos and corporate projects in San Francisco at the beginning of his career, and we talk a little bit about how he got interested in film in the beginning. It's just a goldmine of information, and you're going to love every single second of it. So without further ado, here's my interview with the very talented Elliot Rocket. Elliot, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, glad to have you on. And uh, I became familiar with your work. Um, I, I realized after the fact I had seen your work earlier on, uh, but the first thing that made me go like, oh my God, who did this was watching X. Um, and uh, it was a really cool experience for me um, going and watching it. And it's like, it's like with hereditary a couple of years ago, I sat there and went like, Oh my God, this is like a different level of movie before we dive into all of that. I want to go back uh, to the very beginning. Uh, tell me about the first time you remember watching something and having some kind of a, a, a tingle inside or some kind of feeling of like, this is cool. Like movies uh-huh. are something that I've, you know, never realized or recognized in this way before. You know, for me, it was pretty clearly, um, uh, a class that I took um, when I was in college, uh, wow. which is at this point quite a while ago. <laughs> this is professor five, six Call. years ago. But yeah, you know, just like just over the horizon a little bit. <laughs> um, this professor Carl Bybee at the University of Oregon, where I was, uh, started going to college, um, and it was a film history class. And I don't even remember exactly why I took it, but like I suddenly had through his experience like the way he looked at things this this real eye-opening kind of uh moment of oh wow films can be like more than just like kind of pop entertainment they can kind of reach to something that like talks about all kinds of interesting things there's art there you know Mm -hmm. and i guess at that point up until that point i hadn't really i mean i had liked movies or whatever um but and that was simultaneously happened simultaneously with me um working getting a job at this little art cinema in eugene called okay. the bijou theater um and so it kind of went hand in hand because the bijou showed like independent and foreign films and things like that and it was like just suddenly you know when i was like i must have been probably i was probably 18 at the time maybe 19 and uh it just kind of was like oh wow this is amazing <laughs> you yeah, know right um, and it kind of just went from there what did you think life had in store for you at that age? Like, did you have a career path in your mind? And then you were like, oh, this just derailed everything, uh, you know, like what was the, or did you not know what to do? And that was no, kind of the I eye had, opening. I had no clue, you know, 
uh, I grew up in Eugene and like, I was good at school. Like I, math and science were easy for me and myself and a friend of mine finished all the math and science that our high school had. And we ended up over at the university of Oregon and taking math and physics and stuff. And, and I was like, that was when I was a senior in high school. And like, I had that experience and I had this feeling of like, Oh, I'm not that interested in this. Like <laughs> it's like in yeah. these like heavy duty math and physics classes. And I suddenly realized like, I don't want to do this. Like yeah. this is kind of a bummer. Um, and it was like kind of, and then, you know, I started full time at the university like that next year. And that would have been probably when I, I took Carl's class. And um, it was really kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, this is super interesting. And then yeah. <laughs> what ended up happening is I transferred up to the university of Washington, Seattle thinking like, Oh, I'll go, get a film degree at the university of Washington. And of, I being who I am, didn't really research it that well and got up there, got myself transferred and found out they had closed the film department like two years before <laughs> that. And so I was like, Oh no. So I ended up getting a degree in philosophy because that was sort of like the other thing mm. that interested me and then went on to graduate school and, and did film in, at NYU graduate school after that. And that sort of was like the ball was rolling at that point. So. Yeah. And was it cinematography that you were specifically interested in? I know you took philosophy. Was it, was it screenwriting originally, or did you just know something in this world? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think like most people who get interested in film thought like, Oh, I'll be a director. Right. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of still photography experience. That was the other thing I did a lot of uh, mm. also through college. Um, <clears throat> and when I got to NYU, the graduate program at that time, they didn't make a distinction. Everybody was like a director, right? You had to make right. your own projects. You had to do this. But the thing was you had to crew up your movie with people in the class. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what ended up happening always with every class, you know, every graduate class was, um, was like 20 people, I think. Mm -hmm. And it became readily apparent that like usually two or three people, in the class had the propensity to shoot everybody's stuff and not basically not fuck it up. Mm -hmm. um, Cause like you could, anybody could kind of do, you know, be your sound person or be, your, and kind of like do it well enough that like, okay, we can hear what's going on, but like, you know, shooting it. And at that time it was all 16 millimeter film and it was yeah. like expensive. And like, it, it just kind of, well, anyway, what ended up happening was I ended up being one of those people and ended up shooting like, you know, most of my classmates, shorts <laughs> yeah, and some of those did well one of them in particular went on to like win the best short film prize at sundance like in unless it was 94 or something like that um and so kind of went like that was like i had this the, that started the whole like shooting things yeah. thing and then i also uh met a guy in film school who had a lot of connections in the music world and he and I started making music videos together, yeah. um, co-directing and co-shooting and coming up with the ideas together, stuff like that. So for a while, I kind of had two things going on where I was like doing music videos and doing some directing of those and stuff. But then I eventually, I finished in New York and moved to San Francisco and then started just concentrating on uh, basically being a director of photography. It seems like a lot of, I mean, obviously a lot of directors started with music videos like Michael Bay or Zack Snyder. Like there's a lot that kind of came in that world. How big of a jump was it going from music video production to like jumping into TV and film, or did it feel like just a natural progression? You keep meeting people, there's new opportunities. Like what's that kind of career journey like? 
Yeah, you know, for me, and this was, you know, quite this was like in the 90s, really. Yeah. So it's quite a while ago at this point. And what ended up happening was I sort of had this this parallel track that went on for a while because the music video thing had gotten started in New York and and that whole business had was kind of going. And then mm-hmm. simultaneously with that, mostly through that short that I did that that won the short film prize at Sundance the director got a chance to do a, a feature and she got me to shoot that. Um, and so what ended up happening was there was a sort of this dual track for me for a little while, like where I was doing music video stuff. And then in, in San Francisco day work, like in the nineties, which was like tons of, uh, you know, corporate stuff for computer companies back then. Cause I was like the beginning of the whole, you know, before 2000, when it all crashed. Um, and then there was like one or two independent features that I'd end up doing every year, but there was at that point, very separate from each other, you know? Yeah. And I, I, it, it felt, I was also living in San Francisco at the time, which is certainly not a hub of production. And it felt very much like these things are two totally different worlds. You know, you kind of do the same thing, but the way the work is like, they don't meet. And I don't know that that's so much the case anymore. Right. Um, you know, it does seem like, at least in the cinematography world, there's a lot more crossover now of like, Oh, I do commercials and then I do some TV and then I do a movie and then, you know um, so it might be a little, and also that might've been part of the market, you know, being in San Francisco made it probably feel a little bit like it was more separate than, than maybe it is. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting talking to people and, and even people who started in the early 2000, I mean, like not long ago, how much things have shifted because now, I mean, obviously the last two years alone, (laughs) <laughs> changed a lot. So people yeah. all over the country are working remotely. It's a little bit harder for a cinematographer to work remotely, but for, you know, people are traveling and shooting. You can, now you can have a portfolio up on Vimeo and share yeah. it. You know, you're not having to hand a tape to somebody and say, Hey, can I, can I work on this? So um, it's really interesting kind of knowing that change has happened, you know, where there's that accessibility um, for you. Was it just networking? Like, did you have in your mind a goal of like, okay, I'm doing this. I want to make connections or was it an organic process of just, you know, I'll go from this job to the next and referrals and. It, kind of it, I mean, it was both of those things yeah. really, you know, um, work sort of begets work, you know, like the, in, in, this industry, all of it is so built on relations, relationships you, you, you develop with people creatively and, you know, good working relationships, having, being able to get along with people and being, you know, being a good collaborator and, and being excited and and willing to, you know, put it all in on a project and stuff like that. All of those things sort of add up to the continuation of it going on. And, you know, over the years, there's been particular relationships, you know, that have developed and, 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 and gone on, you know, and I can kind of trace even the, you know, the, the different jobs and the different through lines, you know, from this person in this job or meeting this person. And then like 10 years later, you know, it coming back around because, you know, they're on something else and I end up on that and, and whatever. Um, and, you know, there's, I think you try to guide it. You try to, you know, have in mind, like, I want to be doing this kind of thing, yeah. but you know, if you are not in a position where you don't, have to work, <laughs> which most of us are not in that position. Yeah. Um, you know, you end up driven by like, oh, I, I got to get paid because I got to pay the mortgage or whatever, you know, and so you you kind of have to do what comes along to some degree. But hopefully, and I think over the years, you know, I've kind of 
I've also not, I, I haven't, I didn't spend a lot of time like in New York and Los Angeles living in those places. And so um, where maybe you have a lot more control over your career, you know, cause there's just a lot more work and stuff. Um, so for me, it's been, you know, it's been largely a, a, a series of relationships and, and creative partnerships with people and, and sort of trying to keep those things moving forward, you know? Yeah. I, I just watched uh, the documentary De Palma and he said, oh. uh, the thing people need to understand is directors don't plan their filmography. They just make the movies they're able to make. It yeah. just reminded me a lot when you said that, like there's kind of this, you try to guide it, but ultimately it's what gets off the ground. Um, yeah. I mean, you've worked, you've worked on a ton, like you've worked on, I mean, CSI, you've worked on, you know, many different films. Uh, I'm curious for you, like, did you, do you feel like there's a period where you were trying to find your voice, trying to find your style? And then if so, you know, do you feel like there's a certain project where you go like, that's the start of my like, like I look at that as like where I found my footing and this was like my first project that was me where I can see myself oh. and my style shining through. You know, that's interesting. I've, no, nobody's ever asked me something like that, but perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yay. Love those. <laughs> um, it, it reminds me that cause I, did, I, I certainly in the beginning, I certainly didn't think like, Oh, I have this style or I have, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I had certain things that I thought that I liked, you know, I yeah. like the way this looks or I like the way that look or whatever. But then, um, Hannah Wire, the woman that directed the short film that did well at Sundance and then I, the, I did the movie with, she saw something that I shot like a number of years later and she got a hold of me and she was like, I was looking at it and I could totally see, oh, that's totally an Elliot shot and that's totally an wow. Elliot framing. And, th- and I was like, oh, wow. Like I didn't even think of it like that, like a, yeah. as, as distinct as that. And I think that for me at least, what's the the most valuable thing about something like that is I don't know if style is the right word, but like having an, a, a personal aesthetic and being clear about what you think is good, you know, like on a, on a, in a visual way, you know, yeah. like uh, I, I definitely think like, that's kind of the approach that I have. Like I look at things, I think that looks good. I like the way that looks I'm going to try to make it look like that mm-hmm. as opposed to like, there's a, a sort of a subtle distinction because there's this thing that people do sort of where they chase things like they chase mm-hmm. a look or they chase a kind of uh, uh, a style that's, you know, coming to f- fashion kind of, you know I mean? You can kind yep. of see it in like, it kind of ebbs and flows in like the, in the morass of sort of popular culture like things start to look this way and then they kind of start to look that way and and when you're involved in the business like it can be kind of confusing because it's like do i think that looks i I see what they're doing there should i try to do that or right or do you kind of stick with like i know what i think looks good and i will do that and for me what i've found over the years is that's all i can do like when i start Mm -hmm. trying to go like oh it that seems like it's really in vogue right now. I, maybe I should try to do that. And I like kind of try to step out of what feels like my own real solid personal aesthetic. I just get lost instantly. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, I don't know. Is that good? I, I can't tell sure. anymore. You know, how does that come into play when you're working with a director? You know, I, I think of Ty West, obviously like, um, which I've seen since I've gone through a lot of his films. So like, uh-huh. um, you know, house of the devil, like has a very specific style. And I think, you know, to, to pump your tires on that. Like that's one of those movies where 
when I was watching it, like you forget there's, there's a lot of movies that I think have been made that are like, we'll add film grain and now it's a retro movie. Uh-huh. Whereas that movie really does feel like black Christmas. It really does like, like the, and the main star, it helps that she kind of looks like young Margot Kidder. Cause I kept going like, uh-huh. this feels like a very seventies uh-huh. thriller. Like it feels like you, if you didn't tell me this was modern, I wouldn't know. And that's very, yeah. that's the highest compliment I can give. Cause there's so many people, especially independent filmmakers that have just thrown like, here's some 60 millimeter film grain. And we made it a little bit out of focus. And now it's like supposed to be a period piece. Um, but also working with, you know, people that have an established style, like Toby Hooper, you know, like who have yeah. this look that's there. <laughs> How do you maintain your aesthetic while also stepping into their world and their aesthetic? You know, um, for me, that process, like approaching any project with a, a director, you know, is a, a matter of trying to understand what they want to do mm-hmm. and then bring what I can bring to it. And there's definitely times where like you, I mean, and this is, this happens has happened to be more in television than in, than like in, in the movie world, but like, cause in television, you're like the director of photography on a show and, and then directors yeah. come in and they're just random, you know, whoever yeah, the, the showrunner is the kind of true director. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's times like there's been times on t- television shows where I'm like, Whoa, this person, I just don't see it. Like they see it. This is going to be a rough episode, you know, <laughs> and you just go and you just deal with it, whatever. But like, you know, when you're in the process of like, collaborating with somebody on a movie, you know, usually there's been a period of time before you were hired where you were talking to them and kind of interviewing and kind of going back and forth about, you know, their script and and what they want to do with the project. And ultimately they hired you because, you know, you meshed on that level. Right. And so hopefully you're getting off on the, you know, the door's already open, you're off on the right foot to begin with. And then, you know, it's a, I mean, I don't know about, I mean, there's many creative collaborations that people, you know, in different industries do. And I think it's, it's, it's a matter of like understanding your role, understanding like what you bring to the project and how you can be essentially like value added to this person's work, this person's project, you know, Um, that's kind of how I think of it. It's like, you know, I, I will, read a script. I'll talk to the director. I'll try to understand what it is that they want to do. And usually when you read a script, it becomes pretty, it's, you know, apparent like, Oh, I see what the kind of movie they're going to, they're going to be trying to make is here. Mm -hmm. And I can see how, you know, what would be really great with that would be X, Y, and Z. And you start to talk about those things and you start to say, you know, like, well, what if we, you know, tried to do it this way, or they're very interested in, you know, a particular, genre or a particular you know period or style and you start to explore that together and you start to say like oh the way i see that is da, 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 you know and yeah. and as a director of photography i mean at least for me it's a role that is supportive mm-hmm. like i'm certainly doing my thing and, and probably anybody else shooting the movie it's not going to end up looking it won't end up looking the same you know what yeah. i mean even two directors of photography on a television show if you look at one episode or another if you're looking at them closely it's always different you know mm-hmm. and so you know there's obviously a thing that i am bringing but that thing that i'm am bringing in my mind at least isn't something that should be like overriding what the director wants right. to do. you know what i mean it should be like 
it should be meshing and 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 lifting up what the director wants to do into like hopefully you know an even better realm. Yeah, well, that, so. that's what's fascinating about you because I was listening to you on another podcast and you were talking about how you're not particularly a fan of horror, and I'm <laughs> like, I scroll, I go back over to your resume of films, uh-huh. and I'm like, what what keeps bringing him to these projects? You know, how does this happen? So. So for you, when you're looking at a script and you're deciding what projects to take, like you're obviously not a, a huge fan of the genre, which which is was shocking to me considering mm-hmm. how well you shoot it. Um, so what is it that draws you to those projects and how has that become such a part of your, like you're probably going to always be affiliated when someone mentions you, it's going to be yeah. X, it's going to be, you know what I mean? Like that's going to be the the connection, uh-huh. the collaboration with Ty West is going to be that thing people bring up. Yeah. Um, how How do you keep coming back into this world that you're not, particularly uh, fond of well, wasn't it didn't you just say a minute ago that that brian de palma said that uh you don't get to choose your film photography mm. so <laughs> you you're know? stuck you're trapped <laughs> no well i mean I, I don't know if i am or not yeah. like there was a period of time definitely like in the um in the ni- mid to late 90s and stuff that like you know the reality was that like there were a lot of low budget horror films being made you yeah. know and and I don't even really remember how that even what ended up. Oh, I kind of do. Yeah. But, you know, and for me, it's like, I mean, Ty is a great example because like, I think Ty makes good movies. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter to me what the genre is. Like mm-hmm. it's like, I think X is a very good movie. Like it's, it's cinema, you know? Um, you know, and that, I mean, that, I think that that that's proof is in like the reviews that it got from, you know, people like yeah. A.O. Scott, you know, at the end of his review, he said it was a gift. It's like yeah. you and and certainly, you know, a lot of the movies that I have been involved with in years past, like part of it out of just needing to work like they weren't great, you know, <laughs> as I like yeah. to say, there's a lot of black squares on my checkered past, you know, mm. um, but, you know, you, you, you hope for the collaborations and the projects to come along that like are the ones that I guess you can be proud of, you know yeah. what I mean? That aren't, you know, just a paycheck or whatever. Sure. Um, and every, but everything, you know, every time, everything I've shot, every project I've been on beyond whatever needing, you know, to get paid or whatever, like, there has been, they have all been learning experiences to some degree. They've all brought me to where I am now, which I think I've just gotten better at doing what I do over the years, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, and some of them were more valuable in that way than others, but (laughs) you know, and and they've all been super itchy. Like you mentioned the Toby Hooper, like that was a crazy life experience just doing that, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, that's a, that's a wild one. And, and I'm kind of curious, like, you know, going into that. So I, and I went back and watched that in preparation mm. for this too, just to kind of see, cause that's one of the earlier ones. Obviously uh-huh. I am a big fan of the horror genre. So I, uh, I love Toby Hooper and, mm-hmm. uh, you he know, it, yeah, he, I, I'm curious, like it was interesting watching that and then watching X and going X feels like a, I mean, and people have drawn the parallels to Texas Chainsaw. I'm sure that there was a lot of reference and conversation about Texas Chainsaw when discussing that movie. Um, when you step into that, were you going, 
here's some things that I remember Toby Hooper talking about, or here's things that I like, did you, did you draw on that, on that experience at all? Or did you draw on like, you know, the kind of the lessons from the past in that regard of like, Hey, you know, I remember in text chains, how they did this. I remember Toby Hooper said they tried this and it made it look, you know, the way he shot this. Cause there's so many, you know, obviously visual parallels there. Uh-huh. You know, it isn't so much that direct line with like having happened to have worked with Toby years ago as it was. And this comes back to like what you were saying about um, house of the devil. Like when we made house of the devil, it was, there was a very deliberate attempt to do exactly what you were saying, like to make it not just be a period piece on the inside of the Mm -hmm. thing, but make the entire film yeah. experience feel like it was just oh i how did i miss this one when it came out 15 years ago or whatever you know <laughs> right um and likewise with x we were again trying to do that you know like we we watched and referenced a lot of films from that same from the period you know like the sort of late 70s um not and not just horror things, but like Easy Rider and things like yeah, that. I was yeah. going to ask: Was there any on that list that would surprise people? Like, oh, this was a huge inspiration piece because there's obviously like the surface level obvious ones people have pulled out. But were there any like Easy Rider or so on that were like, oh, that was a huge inspiration, but nobody would know watching the movie. Like they wouldn't say like, oh yeah, uh-huh. clearly. <laughs> um, I'd have to go back and look. I mean, because there were so many. Like we had just folders and folders of images, basically of stills. Yeah, that came from like all over the place. Um, and I'm, I'd have to go back and take a look, but uh, Easy Rider does come to mind, which is probably not something that would be no, like, yeah, <laughs> not at all. You know, anybody's. But you know, the thing about it, like, if like on some level, we were looking at like an overarching aesthetic that seemed to sort of be present in that period of filmmaking, right? Mm-hmm. Like both in like the colors, the lighting, hard light, soft light, like the framing, the shots that were going on, like, you know, there was a a couple of things that like Ty was very specific about, like for instance, in the, um, the very beginning when uh, Maxine's in the um, dressing room and there's like this dolly zoom shot that goes crashing into her um, while she's at the mirror and she looks up and the camera ends it up right over here. That was very specifically, um, influenced by Martin Scorsese. Like he does those things all the time. And Ty was like, Martin Scorsese does this. Take a look at this. There's like, he found a YouTube reel where like somebody had cut together every like shot like that, that Martin Scorsese has done. There's like, it's like 15 minutes long of just those shots, you know? And it's like, this is the shot we're going to do there. So, I mean, I guess that's, you know, uh, a a reference that was like so specific and like certainly not out of a horror movie, you know? Yeah. If Um, Scorsese does, it's probably safe to replicate. And so it's probably going to be okay. yeah. Yeah. You know, those things are funny though, because it's like, if you just sort of do it because you want to be emulating some very successful filmmaker, the problem becomes that like, if you aren't doing something that is supportive of the emotional moment and the place in the narrative that that shot is going to go, it will just feel like, what are you doing? You're just sort of like throwing sand in my eyes. You're just trying to make this be like a cool shot. But Mm -hmm. I think, you know, and 
you know, when Ty says, look, this is what I want to do here. It's like, oh yeah, of course. Like here we are, we're introducing this girl. She's just doing this line of cocaine. It's like this big, like bah, 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 moment, yeah. you know? And it like, that shot is going to feel totally right, right there. You know? Yeah. Um, that's, so, that's so good. Like, Cause that's the thing that I was mentioning with throwing film green on movie. Like there's lots mm-hmm. of B movies that do this where they copy, you know, they copy and paste the popular, you know, it's teal yeah. and orange. And we're going to do this like spinning Michael Bayshaw. We're going to do this thing. And it's like, it, yeah, it doesn't fit yeah. the t- Tarantino ripoffs all the time. You know, yeah. like there's, um, there's all kinds of films like that. Um, and I, I will say too, like, that's the moment I was sitting in the theater watching X. And when the shot happened where she does line of Coke and it comes in and all the lighting and the mirror, uh-huh. I was sitting there going like, Oh my God, this is going to be a good movie. Like that was the, that was the shot where I was like, we're off, of, we're off for a good ride here. Yeah, uh-huh. Cause in the beginning when the, when the, when it comes out of the barn, I was like, this uh-huh. feels very text change. I was very cool. This uh-huh. is all up my alley. And then that shot was where I was like, this is like, it's that weird moment where you're like, this is a movie. This is a film, you know, like I was like, yeah. this is, this is cinema. Like that's the moment there. Um, I want to dig deeper on that idea. Cause there's, there's definitely moments in, in X that swing big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's safe to say there's a big moment. Um, it's funny now. Cause I just had flashes of certain scenes in the movie of moments that just go crazy. But there's certain shots like that where you make this huge choice, this this crazy motivated camera movement that that shows you something in the story. Mm-hmm. Sloppy filmmaking is you do those every couple seconds, you know, to keep the people engaged. Sure. How did you and Ty map out? Here's where we go for the swing for the fences shot. We're going to do something, a unique angle, a unique shot versus we're just going to do the scene here. Like we're going to do a normal scene. We're going to have our normal coverage. And then here's our kind of hero shot of say her in the lake, you know, those shots with her turning to the camera a little bit or the, the uh-huh. kind of jaws esque shots, you know, how did you, uh, how did you go about swinging those? Well, you know, I mean, it's probably testament to like why I've shot five movies with Ty, you know, it's yeah. like, we think about it pretty much the same way, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and, you know, Ty takes the lead on all that, like, for sure. Like, it's like, he comes super well prepared. He knows what he wants to do. Um, and for me, that's great because like, I can take it, I can look at it. I can say, great. Like I get it. And then I can go like, and what if we also did this here? Or what if like, this was a little like this or whatever, but I'm like, it's all in service to like where he wants to go with it, you know? And, you know, a lot of those things, it's funny. Cause like, you know, we'll be talking about how he wants to like put together a scene or whatever. And it's usually just like, yeah, that's how we should do it. You know, it's just we like, didn't even need to have lot. this meeting, you know, we're, yeah. we're good. <laughs> you know, and then we get out and like, it's true. Like on set, like, I mean, there's a, I mean, Ty and I have a, like on like kind of continuous ongoing thing you know of like projects that are going on or possible or whatever and so like there's a lot of talk but actually when we get out and we're like working and shooting something we don't have to talk very much you know what i mean like when we're on set i'm kind of off doing my thing he's kind of off doing his thing because it's usually like we already know what's going on you know um but yeah it's like i think the thing like in x there's like that scene after they get into the um, uh, bunkhouse where it's at night and they're eating the bologna sandwiches and they're talking about stuff. And it's like a long dialogue driven scene with just people sitting on couches basically. Mm-hmm. And that scene, you know, you look at it and it's like, 
it's over the shoulder, close up, two shot, wide shot. I mean, it's real standard, like, you know, it's coverage until they get into the singing and then there's the, you know, the wipes and stuff like that. But, you know, most of the movie is created out of scenes that aren't like that, you know, and scenes that aren't dialogue driven, aren't just like, okay, we need to hear what these people are saying to understand what's going on. Those are the scenes where you suddenly are faced with like, oh, what do we do with a camera? How do we make this, you know, and, and that's where I think that's where filmmaking is. You know what I mean? Like you can go see a play and listen. And if, and if you're watching a movie and you can close your eyes and still understand what's going on, I think that's a giant fail, you know? Um, and I think so primary to all of that is the writing. Like you need to, there needs to be scripting that allows for things to happen and requires things to happen with a camera that aren't just, we are going to record these actors saying these words, yeah. you know? Um, and in some ways, horror is a really good venue for that because like the whole thing of like creating suspense and like tension, you know, it doesn't come out of dialogue. It comes out of like, okay, we have now showed you that the killer is somewhere lurking in this dark house. And here's the person coming up the driveway. Who's going to like fumbling for their keys. And now we're going to like, you know, follow with them into the house and they're going to look and the light switch doesn't work. And then we're going to have a shot from over here. That's like, Oh, is it the killer's point of view? I don't know. You know, as the person walks through the room and suddenly you're doing things with the camera, you know, that are making it be a movie. Yeah. or you know <laughs> cinema yeah. show don't as tell opposed to like approach, you know yeah. here's a shot of somebody from the top of their head down to their chest telling you things mm-hmm. you know i mean that can be very important very pretty and very like emotionally moving like certainly amazing performance is amazing to take pictures of um but you know i think to get back to what you were asking about x is like and this is true i mean ty just he writes well in that way. Yeah. You know, he writes scenes that will allow for doing something with the camera, you know, where you're not just sort of stuck in like, well, what can we do? Well, we could put circle track down and like go around and around them, but like, why, you know? Um, Cause, and in point of fact, Pearl, the movie that's coming out, that's the prequel to X, right? Yeah. It's coming out in September. I mean, there's some, I don't want to like give a real spoiler, but like, you know, you definitely sit on some pictures of people talking for a long period of time. In that on the period. edge of, I'm on the edge of my seat going, Hmm, he's about to slip. Here we go. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Yeah, no, no I, I, I was curious about that. So that, that, that was, was how early in the process was Pearl actually like, Hey, we're going to do Cause from my understanding and correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, because you'd probably be the person that would know from my understanding, Ty was going, okay we have these sets already built and I don't want to just tear them down. And then there was this idea to go deeper, but it doesn't feel like Pearl from what we're already seeing seems very fleshed out in a sense where I'm like, I don't feel like this was like, Hey, we're almost wrapped. You guys want to stick around for a couple of weeks, you know, like, um, like how, how early on into the X journey was it like, let's do Pearl. And then was it an, Oh my God, shocker that a 24 was like, go ahead and do Pearl. (laughs) Like, here's another, I mean, you know, there's elements of that. Like, the process of Ty writing the script for X went on for a really long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I was 
talking with him about it. And we were like, I was reading versions of it and having conversations with him back in uh, like fully a, a year or more before he left for New Zealand. Right. And as it got closer, it what ended up like there was like it ebbed and flowed. And then it was like, Oh, 28, 24 wants to make this movie or we're going to go to Georgia and make this movie. And it was like, Ty was like, I don't want to go to Georgia and make this movie in the middle of pandemic. There's going to be all the yeah. pandemic like COVID protocols. And it's like, it's going to be getting cold there and it's got to be summertime and blah, blah, blah. And so it was like, maybe it's not going to happen. And then like, I don't know, two weeks or a month later or something, I get call. And it's like, no, it's going to happen in New Zealand. And it's like, Oh, okay, great. Um, and then around that same time, Ty was talking about like, yeah, I want to make this be a, a three movie thing. Like a, you know, a, a what do you call it? A, a, I'm so happy you just said three. That gives me hope (laughs) for the future. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, and so he was like, and I got this idea for the prequel for it, what it'll be. And it, and it was that idea. Basically it was the idea of what Pearl is. Right. And he, he was talking about it. He hadn't, I don't think he had really written much of it down until he got down to, um, New Zealand was in managed isolation, you know, the quarantine thing for two weeks before he could get into the country. And that's when he really pu- pushed through and like kind of wrote the whole script. Right. Yeah. Um, so that would have been like, I think he went down there like around Halloween of uh, 2020. Yeah. Cause I got there the very beginning of 2021. Right. So and then, but, and so basically he was talking to A24. He was like saying what you're saying, like, we're going to make these, this movie and then we're going to have these sets. And I've got this other idea and I've got this other movie that we could do that like, it's going to take advantage of all that. You could amortize it. We wouldn't yeah. need as, as big a budget. You got everybody already here, blah, 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 blah. And they were very much like, uh, you know, sort of into doing it for a long period of time. And we got into pre-production on X And then we got into production on X and I think it was like about halfway through production on X when it finally was like, okay, you can do Pearl too. Right. And so it wasn't like out of the blue. I mean, the whole thing had been been talked about and, and there was a whole, like as pre-production for X kind of wound down, we were getting ready to shoot. Everybody was like, well, are we going to be continuing on or not? Cause like, it's going to be hard to get things going while we're producing you know, in production and blah, blah, especially yeah. Tom, the production designer was like, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> right. You know, and then, w- w- so they, they green lit it. And um, then we had a, another short pre-production period in between the two movies where we went back to Wellington and, um, you know, did pre-production for Pearl that was ab- abbreviated. And then the shoot for Pearl was much shorter too. Um, but really? you know, wow. that's, it all went together and then we're supposed to start on the next one, like in the beginning of the next year. Wow. Okay. I had no idea about that. So that's, that's very cool. I, think that's, um, I don't know if that's really, that's, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe don't share that, <laughs> but no, um, you heard it here first we have a trilogy. Yeah. There we go. No. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I didn't expect obviously with the way the movie goes, no spoilers, but I didn't expect for there to be that little tag at the end and i was like wait let's just roll this now let's just like go right into this and mia goth is like obviously what going back to what you were saying a little while ago like 
the writing and performances, like when you watch Ty's movie specifically, it's like this tightrope where you can see that you can see these moments where, like you said, the, where they're sitting around eating sandwiches and talking mm. a different cast and a different script. And this mm-hmm. is the most boring movie you've ever seen. Yeah. Like when I was watching house of the devil, I was sitting there going like, I should be bored. Right. Yeah, like, I, I, like, 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 like I took a second. I was sitting there and it, they were, I think they were in like the pizza shop or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nothing's happened in this movie, but I'm like totally sucked into it. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the thing with X is like so much rides on Mia Goss performance, so much rides on the way that it's shot. And like there's, it could so easily have just been like, Oh, here's this slasher ripoff. It could have yeah. gone that route, but it's so much its own thing. And going from the extreme style of that into Pearl, which from what I understand is supposed to be like the Mary Poppins version of this. Totally different movie. <laughs> like, Wildly radically different. Yeah. Did you feel like whiplash going back to back on that? Like no, it was great because it was like, okay, we did that. Let's do this, you know? And Ty really wanted to make Pearl in black and white, actually. And we we really? did a lot of we started with like well, yeah, we have all these just fantastic that's shows. shocking to me oh, because of been... how colorful. Yeah, well. Like, like when that was when like basically a twenty five said no you can't do that we we wouldn't want to do <laughs> really that. I think they had you know they put out like the lighthouse or you know yeah. something else I think that was like black and it was just like we can't do all these black and white movies um, at least that's my understanding of it like but I thought they'd be the studio to be like can you please make it in black and white yeah exactly. <laughs> we're a twenty four you know so you know when it when it, when that became clear Ty kind of just pivoted and he said you know what we'll do we'll just make it like super technicolor crazy like you know nineteen yeah. thirties uh, musical kind of deal you know yeah. um, and we just went all in on that you know it was just like okay let's just let's just go for that and and make it be that you know like getting back to what you were just saying about like oh house of the devil or or the you know baloney eating scene in, in X, like these could be really boring in other ways. Like, I think that the thing is like what you've got with Ty is a person. Again, I'll go back to what I said earlier is like, he's very clear on his aesthetic. Like he is making things that he thinks is good, you know, and he's not trying to second guess what he thinks is good. He just mm-hmm. is like, I think this is good. So we're going to do it like this. And mm-hmm. You know, so I found this with a lot of people involved in like creative stuff that th- that's their currency. Like that's what they have is the ability to say, I think this is good and it yeah. will be done this way, you know, and not like, what is good? How should we do it? Mm-hmm. You know, that, um, yeah. and so I think, you know, that's, that's what you get. Like, that's why it's like, you know, that's why he cast Mia. That's why, you know, Martin Henderson is in there being the way he is, you know, like another, uh, you know, a very obvious way for Wayne to have been played would have been kind of like the sleazy, you know, greaser kind of like kind of sleazy strip club owner dude, but it's yeah. no Wayne's like the, like, you know, the big brash guy, very Matthew McConaughey, like you yeah. like him, even though he's not really a great. <laughs> great yeah. He's yeah. kind of a dubious character, but he's super, um, he's got tons of charisma, you know, um, and those are all choices that like, you know, fundamentally Ty is, is, is making based on what he thinks would be good, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and then he's drawing in people, he's casting people, he's bringing people in to work with him who 
also see it that way, basically, yeah. you know, with all that in mind, you know, cause you have that too, right. You have that, you said earlier, you have those gut feelings of like, okay, I know this is the right way to do it. Like if I try to fit this other thing, was there anything that you fought for that was like, I know this needs to be shot this way. Like I know, or was there anything that you were like, I see it this way. Can we please just try it this way? I know it's going to work. You know, um, I, in the, in the beginning when pre-production, I was like, Hey, there's this lens that I've become familiar with. It's this thing called a, uh, uh, ultra prime, ultra prime eight R. And it's this airflex made this eight millimeter rectilinear lens. That's like got the craziest perspective because it's, it should be all fisheye based on like the field mm-hmm. of view is 270 degrees or something like that. And but it's like rectilinear. So it really doesn't distort like that. So you're looking at these pictures, you're looking and, it, and it's what was like in the van when you're in the very front of the van, you see the entire yeah. van back like that. Or when you're up above Owen in the RJ in the shower and it's like, he's a million miles down or we're, yeah. we're up above looking at uh, Howard and Pearl having sex on the bed. And it's like, you're way up there. Those are all that. And I, I, I was like, Ty, we should really, you should check this out. Like it was like, and and then also I was like, and I'm going to bring this, I have this like prosumer Laowa 24 millimeter probe lens, right? This, and we use that for like, uh, you know, the shot of uh, the pitchfork going in through into the eye, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of more like that. It's not like we need to do this this way. It's more like, Hey, check out this as an option. Like, what could we do with this, you know, or what, how could we do with that? And then, you know, on Pearl, we didn't use any of that at all. Like Pearl is like way more just like straight kind of almost like an art movie or something. Um, So it's not so much like that I'm arguing for like, Oh, we should really do this Mm -hmm. as much as like, I will make suggestions about like, Hey, what do you think of this? Like, what if we did it like that? You know? And I, I see that much more as my role as opposed to like, because the thing is too, with a director who's especially a director who's going to go on and edit something themselves, if they don't understand it and feel it themselves, it's going to be a disaster. No matter how much you think it's going to be great. Cause they don't, if they don't get it, they're going to be sitting with that, that footage later on in the editing room going like, why the hell did I let them talk me into this? Because I don't get it, you know? Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah, I'll ask. I want to ask just two more things on this before we move to our uh, our random round here. But uh, was there anything that you shot that you felt good about that didn't make it? And this could be on oh. this could be on X or any of your projects, I guess. Actually, because I, I'm curious to know if there's any like, man, I shot this amazing moment that will <laughs> never see the light of day. Um, you know, do you have any moments like that you can think of? You know, that's the kind of question I'm terrible with because, like, I you know, honestly, kind of have a terrible memory. Um, I guess like, that helps though. You're not, yeah, you're not thinking about it every day. Going. I mean, I will tell you that like Pearl, there's a lot of stuff that we did. There's a lot of scenes, a lot of different things that um, are not in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was, you know, kind of more of a function of like how it worked when it got put together. Um, whereas X, like, I don't really remember anything in X that didn't get used so much. It was more like we shot it and then that was what it was. Um, You know, there's been a lot of, in television, that kind of thing tends to happen more, you know, because that process is, is 
less driven by one particular creative individual yeah. who like as a director seeing yeah, it through right? in mind that yeah so been. like you know you get a guest director comes in and, and shoots a sequence and you think like oh they're gonna you know this great shot could live all the way through as a wonder or whatever right but then when it gets cut like okay the director has their cut and then you know then it goes off to the showrunners who you know, weren't on set, weren't doing any of that. And they may or may not like that. And they more than likely will cut it up and change it. You know, Um, I think that's also why a lot of television tends to get driven into sort of the same kind of coverage and and editing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's changing a little bit now because I think directors in television are trying to sort of in the world, like of like eight episode series and stuff, you are now getting more like director driven things because they're shooting, you know, one big big little lies is the same director for the whole season. Yeah. And that, that brings that whole thing back around to like, okay, you have more one. Putting the, taking the, that kind of creative control away from the writers, like it was in television and previously, like when it was 22 episodes in network and stuff like that. And, and putting it into, uh, the director's realm, which is, you know, much more the, the movie model. Um, I think you end up with more, possibly more unique and, and particular like vision driven yeah. work, you know, right. I'm not sure if it makes any sense, but no, it does. I mean, versus like CSI, like Tarantino directed two episodes of CSI and they're two of the best episodes of CSI, I, I think, but it still doesn't feel like Tarantino. It feels like CSI, you know, so yeah. it's, it's a big difference there. Um, we've got eight minutes left. I'm going to oh, okay. rush you through our rapid round, uh, respect your time here. Um, but uh, the first thing I want to know is uh, which of your projects you've worked on, do you feel is the best representation of you as a creator? Easy softball questions at the end. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I mean, there are so many, there's so many different things I've done over so many years that likes, you know, I, I like this part of that, or I like this or that, mm-hmm. or the other thing, you know, um, you know, the work that I've done with Ty over the years has been super rewarding. I think it's great. You know, yeah. um, the, the two plus seasons that I did of snowfall, um, I, I think are, are great. And it was really rewarding work and, and pretty special. Um, you know, uh, boy, in, in all the way back, like, you know, there's been a lot of different experiences over the years that, you know, in different movies and stuff that, I felt, you know, really good about, um, I don't know if anything really stands out in particular as like, Oh, that's me. I mean, you know, I could say like the movies with Ty snowfall, um, you know, some other stuff, I guess those, those feel to me like, Oh, those were really great creative experiences, collaborative, creative, good experiences, you know? Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I think that's a cool thing to see in people's careers is like when there is that, you know, Scorsese, De Niro, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, where you see people that work together a lot and work so well, you know, and I, I think there's, that's really interesting seeing those pop up in people's filmography, even if it's for like a decade period, which yeah. I think now it's been longer than a decade period <laughs> with, uh, with Ty, but like, that's, I think that's really neat. It's cool to see both of you grow together, which is a really interesting, interesting thing. Um, I'm, I'm curious too, on the flip side of this, like um, if you could work on 
any project. I know horror is not your bag as a viewer, but if you could either make or remake something or step into a, a certain genre or type of film, is there something that you're like, I have to do this? Like, I want this somewhere in my journey. I want to be able to work on a, on a project like this. Man. Um, well, you know, I mean, like, there's so many wonderful movies that have, you know, been made over the years that I think like it would just be a joy to be, you know, involved. like I remember thinking like rat catcher. I mean, I, I guess I'm like at, at heart, like my own personal, like real aesthetic is, is kind of like the, you know, truly indie kind of foreign, like gotcha drama kind of thing, you know? I guess, you know, those kind of things would be like a direction that I would love to go. The the real problem with that is like, you know, it, I mean, it's just, you've got to like find those jobs. You've got to find those people. You've got to find that, you know, it's, yeah. it's so random in some ways, you know, there's so yeah. many movies that are being tried to be made all the time and schedules and whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, I I would say that like, moving into a world a little bit although you know i also kind of have a thing for like like you know just did season two of perry mason for hbo and like it was kind of rough but it was like oh my god this huge period thing you know yeah. with like crazy like we're just doing stuff that's like wow this is amazing you know and there's the part of me that's just i love that too you know yeah. so yeah that's that's cool do you everything you've worked on seems to have some level of like uniqueness or like where it's not it's not you know i'm not saying like not mainstream because obviously x did really well but like they're not mcu movies basically like they're not like yeah. the big blockbuster film do you do you have any interest in swinging into the more commercial side because you've been on primarily like the very artsy yeah. cool indie movies which you love but like do you ever go like it'd be interesting to do like a spider-man movie you know that would be a really yeah, interesting sure. project I mean, yeah you know like it's really just kind of a matter of like what comes along, you know? Yeah. And I think also over the years, like what has happened, like, you know, television has now grown into something that's like, you know, oh, oh, Perry Mason. I mean, much more filmic, different budget, you know? different style. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's just like in the past also, you know, not spending a lot of time in LA and not pursuing that real hard. No. Yeah. You know, it just kind of hasn't happened, but it's certainly not anything I would say no to. You know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, Great. you know, it, it, and the other thing is like, if a super interesting, tiny little movie came along and it was the right time, I would also still do that. You know, it's, it yeah. kind of doesn't, it's more like there's reasons to do different things, you know? Yeah. What, what's a movie that, uh, and you may have already answered this a little bit, but what's a movie that people who are fans of your work would be surprised you enjoy? I think you not being a horror fan is this is a shock to people who, who know your work. Um, uh-huh. But is there a certain film or, or a movie that you would say like, this really represents my kind of film interests. You, know, you mentioned like early Lynn Ramsey, you know, is there, is there something that pops up that people would go like, Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't have gauged that. Oh, wow. Um, Boy, uh, you know, I I think you know I I'm just trying to think of like things I've I've kind of seen recently. I'm I'm terrible also remembering names and titles and stuff. The black and white movie that came out with um uh um Phoenix Walking Phoenix playing the dad uh with the kid. 
IMDb is our friend. Yeah. Um, come on, come on is the name. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. Love. I remember it. seeing all the stills from that. Yeah, another yeah, one that okay. looks like it's from that. <laughs> Oh man, now. have you ever seen Ida? Mm-mm, I haven't. About the uh, Polish um, uh, nun in World War II. Oh my God! Amazing. No, I'll check that out. Yeah, amazing. Um, this whole you know, show is like, just you... so I can build my watch list. By the way, this is <laughs> this is all. This is the reason I do it is so I can be like, oh no, I've never heard of that. Okay, perfect. Yeah, no, and I was you know back in the day I was a huge fan of like all the like French New Wave and and new yeah. German filmmakers like uh, Vim Vendors, the old the the early Vim Vendors, like Alice in the City is an amazing movie. You know, of course, American Friend, like stuff like that. Um, yeah, you know. Um, a movie that's so totally stuck with me is uh, Dream Life of Angels. Have you ever seen that? It's going on the watch list. <laughs> yeah, French movie from about that same time period. Um, uh, there's so many, but I think probably like my formative kind of formative film years came out of like that sort of like you know late '70s, '80s European art movies that were you know it was kind of like the time right as like home video started or just before where there was like a, a lot of like you know, independent cinemas that mm-hmm. screen stuff. And that was like, when I lived in New York, like you would go and you would just see like four movies that day, you know, and yeah. like, it was all that kind of stuff. Like, um, and that, that has just stuck with me as like, well, that was the pinnacle of filmmaking, which, mm. you know, <laughs> will yeah. we ever reach it again? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Know? I don't um, know. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. What do you, I mean, not to go too off track here. That's okay. We're one minute over time here, but well, great. Uh, no, but what do you think of, you know, like say like the Robert Eggers, you know, of the world? Cause like the lighthouse, the witch, like, Oh, you know, I haven't seen know, those. I've been wanting to see those and I have not seen them. And that's based on real, the aesthetic like, you love. I, mm-hmm. I think you would like, I, I think you would love yeah. the lighthouse. Uh, yeah, I no, mean, that was, t- that was, and I've been terrible. Last few years have been terrible for me because I've also been working too much. Yeah. Uh, the kid is like now almost 17. And so like for like the last 15 years, that's been like a huge <laughs> last 17 years. <laughs> been yeah, busy. It's been yeah. difficult to go to the yeah. movies, um, yeah. but yeah, no, th- those are on my list for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, I, it's, it's another one of those ones. Like you watch it, you're like, wow, this, this, this movie from the, you know, forties or whatever period uh-huh. you'd want to say it's, it's close. To, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. And, and he's another one of those guys. It's, it's the thing like I've, I'm really kind of just, you know, and I think I've had a couple of friends that feel this is like, I'm kind of bored of the, a lot of the main blockbuster movies feel like old TV to me. Like, uh-huh. like the, it all feels very homogenized. It's the same thing. It looks all very visually similar. And so like when you have an Ari Aster with hereditary, when you have, that's why X like blew my socks off because I sat in the theater and was like, you know, I I was hyped for it, but I was ready. My expectations were tempered to go like, okay, this is going to be another, you know, another horror movie. It's going to be good. And then Uh those moments start happening and you're like, this is why I like going to movies. Like, this is why I like movies. Mm -hmm. And um, so Robert, I mean, Robert Eggers, Ari Aster, I mean, Ty West. I mean, like it's, there's these filmmakers that are doing stuff. That's like, so, so like, so Mm -hmm. outside of what's popular. And -hmm. then you see it like blow up in that realm, which is so cool. Um, I think, you know, it's so hard for people to 
get stuff made, especially What's marketing if, it. It's like that, you know, you know, how do you market X to wide audiences? You know, like it's, a, it's, yeah. it's people shooting a porno and then going and getting, murdered. I know it's, it's like, like huh? it's like, yeah. yes, perfect. We'll program that after minions rise of Gru. you know, like it's yeah. kind of a weird, <laughs> weird thing. to program. Exactly. Well, and Pearl, you know, is like, Pearl is going to world premiere at the Venice film festival. I don't know. That's that so crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, and that's a testament to like, it's definitely like it's way more than what the genre is. You know what I mean? Like even more than like Pearl is like this crazy art movie. Like, um, and I'm, I'm super curious to see what ends up happening. Cause I think like, I mean, in, in many ways, I think like Pearl is a better movie than X. Like, that it's is, not one of, it might not be. As my popular. expectations are not tempered anymore. Now well, they're up. You know, no. it's not no. as much fun. It's not as mm-hmm. crazy. It's like crazy in a different way. It is super crazy, but um, it's not, it doesn't have the same. It doesn't have like that Martin Henderson energy kind of thing mm-hmm. at all. You know, it's like a totally different experience um, and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think like on a, like a cinema level, like uh, it's outstanding. Um yeah. I, well, it remains to be seen like, you know, but I mean, that's why it's like playing Venice. It's like, you know, yeah. wait, why is this weird little horror movie playing Venice? It's like, well, because it's something more than that, you know, do you have any nervousness of like, because it's not exactly the same that some people that casually like decks are going to be like, what is this? <laughs> like, where did this come from? Or do you feel like it's such it a, does, step- that does, you know, for me, that doesn't really mean, I mean, I'm yeah. sure like for Ty and I'm sure for a 24, those for are the producers you know, <laughs> they're like, for me, it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, it, yeah. um, I think we made a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, I imagine that it will be equally as popular as X, but in a different way, like the yeah. reaction is going to be, it's more cerebral in a lot of ways, you know, huh. well, um, I'm sold. I'll, I'll be there. So okay. <laughs> yeah, let me know what you think out. when you see it. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, this is the last question, or this is the question I ask okay. everybody uh, that has ever come on the show. Uh, what's the number one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring filmmaker who's listening to this interview? Now there's no pressure, but this could change lives. So I, I would have to say that's so easy because oh, great. I would simply say, try to understand what your aesthetic is. Try mm-hmm. to be very clear about what you think is good and pursue that. Mm-hmm. That like, I don't think you can do anything else. And as a corollary to that, also be like a super reasonable, nice human being and try to like get along with everybody and make it a pleasant experience to do whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. because that'll go a long ways too. you know, Um, as frustrated as you might ever be, just put on a smile and keep, keep going because it's hard work. And, you know, it's, it's better to be pleasant than screaming at people. (laughs) I, I love this advice. And I'm, and I, I may, I think it might be like, in terms of the quality of the episode, it might be good to cut it right there, but I want to ask you a question about this because sure. we do, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I grew up with digital cameras and, mm-hmm. you know, and uploading to social media and getting mm-hmm. praise on your clips and having mm-hmm. those viral moments where you go like, Oh my God, I did something cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm just curious from your perspective, like, when you're getting started, you kind of cop everybody copies in the beginning. Like, Oh, I saw this thing. I found this thing. I try to find my voice, my aesthetic, but I feel like, like every year people have more access to be able to share their work and get Mm -hmm. praise and get notice on their stuff. How do you, 
how do you balance being confident in your aesthetic and also maintain being a nice, reasonable person? Because there's a lot of people that try to be kind of the part of my French, like the asshole auteur filmmaker when they have mm-hmm. not earned that. Like they mm-hmm. have that, like, that's not how I would shoot this. That's not mm-hmm. how I would do this. That's not my aesthetic. Like, how do you mm-hmm. balance confidence with like humility and kind of like the teamwork that comes with being part of a film? And this might totally just be for me, but we'll, I, we'll I would know. I'd have to say that if you're truly confident, you don't have to be an asshole. Like if you're truly confident and you're truly set, you, you're truly like solid with who you are and what you think. There's no reason to like be a jerk about it. You know, that's great. Uh, that's that's great. I'm glad I asked the question because um, that's something that's something that I think sometimes when you're we're all in our own skin. So like sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy to go. You'll think about later, like oh, I was kind of pretentious about this or, oh, you know, there's this moment and you don't want to be that guy. So I was curious what that was, but that's a really good way to look at it. Um, so thank you. Thank you for answering that. That gets to stay in. No, no, I'm not cutting that out. Um, wow. <laughs> but uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I, I really do appreciate it. I'm I'm I, I mean. Again, I'll pump your tires. I mean, I, I really, I, I was blown away by, I was blown away by X and it was, it was one of those, um, I, I left the theater and I called my wife cause she's not into, uh, mm-hmm. she's not into those types of things. And I told her, I said like this, uh, I was just, I was like rambling about it. And I just said, it's one of the reasons like you go to the movies is like movies mm-hmm. like this, that, that it's something so different and it like, it's not something that you would have expected going in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel the same way, you know, watching house of the devil and going back and um, you know, it's and whatever's going to come next. I mean, I just saw that glimpse of the, that world war two dance scene in Pearl. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, like I already know that's going to be the best <laughs> scene of the movie. Yeah, you know? It's like totally um, wildly different. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I just really do like, I, I, once you know, like I really admire your work and I appreciate you taking the time to to talk about it. It's it's a it's a huge high for me to get to discuss, you know, this kind of stuff. So well, thank you very much. I mean, this is really fun, Eric. Like for sure. I'm that's the my pleasure, as they would say. Yeah, awesome. for sure. Awesome. Yeah, let me know what you think of Pearl when you see it. Uh, sure. I'm I'm excited. Uh, you know, if you accidentally email a link or something, we won't tell anybody. We're gonna we're gonna be good. No, I, I'm excited to see it and I'll definitely uh, shoot you an email, let you know what I think. I think uh, it's coming out like middle of September. It's not even that long. Like I know it feels so far away. <laughs> so, but, uh, but looking uh, forward right to it. Thanks for listening to the film school podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, don't forget to leave a five-star review and hit subscribe. So you won't miss a single episode.